I have my Miller Lights close by too. It's not heaven, it's Iowa. Touchdown Iowa! Touchdown Iowa! Listen to this crowd, folks. It's deafening. The Hawkeye faithful smell blood. Our stadium, our city, our state. Across Interstate 80 and up and down I-35. From the Missouri River to the Mississippi River. Capital to Old Capital. This is Hawkeye Country. It's that time. Time for the Nebraska Hawks Nest Podcast. Your Hawkeye oasis in a Nebraska desert. Swarm the 402 with Adam. The Miller Light Delight. And one of the greatest kickers in Hawkeye football history, Kyle Slicker. Now go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye Oasis located in a Nebraska desert. I'm going to check here real quick. I think um looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here, and then Adam got caught up and didn't even do a great job um getting his audio and everything set up so um i guess we're good to go all right just wanted to make sure we were all right there boys we made it back to uh, from chicago safely um what a trip wow um we got a lot to cover here and a lot of things happened when uh when we were gone and one thing that didn't happen was an Iowa offense. So um, I, I was really curious about when this game was getting ready to start that I was like, you know what, is Brian going to pull out from all kinds of crazy stuff from the playbook since he knows he's not coming back next year? Is he going to whip out some just nutty plays and really let her fly in? He absolutely did not. Did not do that at all. Um, we didn't see anything interesting from the offense. Just play after play after play running up the middle. Um, we did see a little Cooper DeGene, which uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, from our vantage point in the stadium, I really barely even noticed. Um, <laughs> we we I were, st- yeah, I I did not. So um, I was uh, handily partaking in the adult beverages that were served at Wrigley Field. Um, <laughs> Throughout the day, so um, Adam is still trying to get his energy back today. So uh, took a little bit of a nap today. I know Matt uh, took took a nap today as well. So um, that was good. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Wrigleyville um, and have you know hanging out there, hanging out with Hawkeye fans. And uh, Matt, tell me about what your thoughts were on the weekend. And if you, did you have a good time in Wrigleyville? Yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, we ended up at the bar we were at, saw some other former Hawkeye players, which was really cool. Uh, seeing those guys, talking to those guys. Uh, I was surprised how crowded everything was. Uh, I mean, all the bars had lines. It was insane. Um, we, we lucked out, got a table early and just kind of stuck to it. So that was that was money there. Got Got Kyle in. Past the line, so that was nice. That was a was a good deal that we negotiated there. Um, yeah, I had a blast. The beers were flowing. The the Hawkeye fans were excited. Um, a lot of really awesome people in the same bar we were talking to us. Some guys from the I Club. So yeah, had a really good time. Uh, the stadium, Wrigley. Uh, you seen that historic 
the stadium and you know us play on it was was really neat um the game was a snooze fest kind of like everybody thought it would be being zero to zero a half but uh we ended up pulling out the w so it ended up uh ended up a good day yeah so um let's see drew says that merkel's and moe's was popping um yeah I, it, it was um so we were in line and merkel's wasn't letting people in yet so we decided to jump over to moe's they and it seemed like a pretty cool place so we're like all right that apparently was the best decision we ever made because there was droves of hawkeye fans coming over saying that merkel's you couldn't even stand hardly it was so loud shoulder yeah, that, that it was crazy, and you couldn't get a table, couldn't get a drink, and they were saying that early on. So that apparently ended up being a good a good decision for us. So had a good time, but it was really cool that uh, able to reconnect with Kyle. Kyle came down and hang out, hung out, and had some drinks. And uh, Kyle, tell us what your uh, what your thoughts were on Wrigleyville, and you know, I think you'd been down there a time or two, but uh, did, did you have a good time down there with Hawk fans? Oh yeah, man, it's always a great time, you know that. Wrigleyville to me, my wife and I, we spent um, almost a decade living in that area. Uh, so very familiar with it. It was a little bit, uh, it was odd, you know, just as I was making my way from my parking spot all the way up north on Clark to uh, where you guys were at at most Cantina. It was just crazy seeing the, the swarms of Hawkeye fans making their way. And, um, you know, the the other fan, the regular, like, you know, the, the residents of Wrigleyville, uh, walking the opposite way as if they were escaping like an invasion or something. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but you know, it's very cool as I got closer and closer. I mean, I was blown away and it doesn't surprise me that, uh, the Hawkeye fans came in and basically infiltrated and took over uh, the entire area. It was great to see. And, you know, I mentioned it when I was with, with you guys, um, inside Moe's, I mean, it's just very cool to see that, um, you know, the support and everyone just having such a great time there to watch, you know, the Hawkeyes play football, um, regardless of a poor offense, regardless of bad weather, it doesn't matter, you know, and that's what it's all about. It, it really brought back a lot of great memories of uh, experiencing the fans everywhere we went, every, every place we traveled. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. We didn't see too many Nebraska Hawks net shirts. I think we saw a few. So, um, weren't eight, we owe a few people a couple drinks so didn't see a ton of those which i, I you know totally get but um it, i had a good time it was a lot of fun um it was you know i had a lot of fun despite the product on the field um and that was i don't know the cool thing and i don't know that kirk's ever going to want to play in brig league and i don't think he had a great experience he uh in his press conference he was just like you know um i'd like going forward to be able to have that be both teams sign off on it before we go ahead and do it because um, again, like you could tell with from the giant crater that was left in the football field uh, around the goal line stand that 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 surface is just not um, conducive to a football game. But um, Matt, I was going to see what you thought from the flow of the game and just. You know, I, I think, again, a game like that just really showed us that, OK, we have Northwestern, a team that, you know, ended up being, you know, better than we thought they were going to be over these last few games. But again, a team that doesn't have a head coach that is supposed to be kind of in shambles. And then we're supposed to be the picture of consistency where we come out with essentially the same staff for the last 10 to 15 years and we eke out a 10 to seven win against a staff that completely went through probably the biggest um 
biggest scandal that they've ever gone through as a program and we still squeaked it out. But did that shine any light on you to us making the right decision on changing, uh, changing the guard at offensive coordinator? Well, yeah, I mean, it just solidified the fact that I, I think that it's the right decision Beth made there again. I mean, he knows he's done, could pull out some stops and really nothing new happened. So I was, I was happy to see some tight ends get involved finally uh, again. You know, they were saying our tight end room was deep and, you know, we did see him. Um, can't remember 87's name, but uh, he ended up scoring that touchdown for us, uh, which, which helped uh, our defense played a really tough freaking game. That four play stance was incredible. I mean, we, we got everything out of the defense we could again, so uh, I guess at the end of the game, we got just enough offense to get that 52, 53-yard field goal up and in. So did enough to did enough to win it, and I guess the offense did just enough to get us there. So uh, it's just still really tough to watch the offense. Oh, well, and we got some comments coming in here that sounds like um, – and I'll, I'll admit I was not connected to the TV uh, tonight before the game, but it sounds like the LSU women lost their first game of the year, which I love. Uh, the Bayou, Bayou Barbie, apparently um, nobody could see her tonight because uh, they, they did not play well and lost to Colorado. So that doesn't make me feel too bad because um, essentially LSU women's basketball is a dirty program and was reaching out and signing players um, and then behind the scenes and then getting girls to transfer. There's a reason why you were able to assemble uh, an all-star women's basketball team uh, back door. And nobody even had a chance to be able to, to recruit any of them to transfer because it was already a done deal um, once you got them done. And again, this is an ugly part of the NIL thing. NIL's helped a lot with college sports, I think had done a lot of great things, but this is one of the ugly things was this season, all the other good players. What is it? Three or four of the best players in the country transfer to play on the national championship team. And that um, walking sideshow head coach for LSU. So we're not going to talk about that yet though, because we still got some football to talk about. So we wanted to touch base. We had a few comments come through. Um, Drew says, what if they would have just left the infield dirt like they used to in Oakland Coliseum or candlestick played as it lies. Beth addressed the crowd at the swarm event at Cubby bear Friday night. Very impressed as expected. Um, I'd like to meet Beth sometimes, but you know, I, again, that, that field was just not, not set up for that. And one of the things that I was just like in on had a smile on my face the whole time, um, Kyle, that, you know, you weren't, you didn't, um, weren't able to go in and see in the game, but that place was rocking. I mean, it was like vibrating when we're sitting there and, you know, Northwestern's kind of moving the ball down to our end of the field and trying to score. And, you know, we're just completely anemic offensively. There's nothing going on. And it's a really hard game for any other football fan base in the country to get excited about. And then this Hawkeye fan base seems to rise up and really get behind their team and make a massive difference. And just makes you feel like that, you know, 
as a staff, you got to really appreciate the heck out of this fan base and what they do to support this team. And regardless of, you know, how, how bad the product could be offensively on the field, the, they really come out in full force and make their voice heard. And I've been so unbelievably proud as a Hawkeye fan to be associated with this fan base over the last two years, especially because of how they're just not willing to put up with watching this offensive product anymore. And they really voice their frustration. But at the same time, Kyle, on the other hand, you know, they'll voice their frustration and complain, but they also, when the game kicks off and starts, they're louder than any other fan base I've seen and get that place rocking. But what was your experience like, Kyle, being able to reconnect with some of the fans um, at the, at most? Um, I know you, you're pretty gracious, man. You let some guys try on your Big Ten championship ring, and that really gave that a cool. lot a lot of guys a pretty big thrill. Yeah. You're, you're pretty pretty laid back about that, man. Well, you know, again, um, that's first of all, the fans are fantastic, and you know, I can't forget. Um, how much support we had uh, during the time that I played. I mean, you know, we didn't have the best offense either. We just kind of made things work. Um, and we had, you know, we were fortunate to be a part of uh, some, you know, kind of uh, pieced together seasons that didn't really make a lot of sense. We had a lot of injuries and stuff and a lot of uh, adversity, but we still were able to create a lot of, uh, you know, dramatic wins and uh, score a lot of points. So, Either way, the Hawk fans were still, you know, in front of us and or behind us and supporting us no matter what. Um, you know, and the ring itself, you know, I mean, you guys saw where all my stuff is, man. It just sits down here in a basement, you know. And so for me to to bring that stuff out, it first of all reminds me that that I was a part of something pretty darn cool. But also it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the fans own it too. You know, I think it's their right to be able to see that stuff and, you know, when uh, when I was passing around, letting everybody letting everybody take um, try it on and take pictures of it, you, you mentioned to me, you're like, "Whoa, better watch out for that." You know, it's I've never ever once uh, I've done that hundreds of times. I've never once um, had any sort of. It's always made it back to me. <laughs> you know, mm. so uh, obviously there's things that can happen here and there, but. Uh, um, for the most part, everyone has, you know, watching everyone's face light up and even the, I mean, there was a couple of guys that didn't even know where it came from. They were just like, um, you know, trying it on, take pictures and stuff until they actually saw the name that was on it. But, uh, you know, I just appreciate you guys, you know, having that all set up for me to come in and hang out and have a great time. I mean, it's, um, again, and then we ran into the, all those former players from the Hayden Fry area. I mean, you had John Orleib, you had, uh, couple other guys that, uh, you know, and I recognized them after them walking by a, a few times. And I didn't grow up a huge Hawkeye fan, but I know that when I see a giant mongrel of a man wearing a sun bowl, uh, you know, uh, warm up, um, <laughs> not a lot of guys out there that uh, have that and it fits them still. So it had to be been team issued. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, I reached out and said hi to those guys. I think you posted online, um, a picture of us with, with them. Yep. Uh, or you yeah. me, I can't remember what it was, but uh, uh, that was pretty cool. And I, I need to do a better job of going to those Hawkeye huddles because I get invitations for them all the time. And like we discussed when you were here, I just, uh, you know, it's like when you think the life is too busy, um, really you just kind of need to sit back and realize what's important and kind of set things aside and go reminisce about the good old days, man. 
Yeah. Well, that's Hawkeye fans appreciate it. I love that when, you know, we were stopped by and, and checked out your place and I look over and Matt's setting up a little photo shoot with your rings and your football and getting things all lined up and then t- taking a an shot. Awesome is, picture. Yeah. And it turned <laughs> out really cool. Yeah. I should post and, that. I, for, I think I need to post that. Yeah. Lucas, Lucas Lee to answer your question about where the lady's all over Kyle because he brought his ring out. Uh, well, I mean, yes <laughs> and no. Uh, some of them, you know, if you're counting 60 to 70, I mean, they were, you know, some ultra cougars that were impressed, but, uh, yeah. you know, by no means were, were, was anybody swooning over my, uh, my rings, man. It the the one lady you told her to try it on and she wouldn't even try it on. No, it, you know, it, it was more the, the husbands and, you know, that, that were geeking out about it. And again, that yeah. stuff is cool to see because it's just as much. I just happen to own it, you know, uh, and it's just as much because they were part of that, all that stuff, too. So it's important for them to not only see that stuff, but get to hold it, touch it and take pictures with it and see because, again, it just sits in my basement. So, no, that's very cool. And I know fans appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't really understand or was really surprised uh, that that was going to happen was that um, we had a. A, a, these ladies coming over and they were like wanting to take pictures of us and we're like what is, what is this for like is this for your social media and she wouldn't really answer me so i was like yeah Nat, we're good and so i'm like thinking oh this is probably for their social media there's a big hawkeye game today and they're taking pictures and they're putting it on their social media share go ahead and take a couple pictures so she took a few pictures and all of a sudden she's showing back up at the table 15 minutes later with these pictures in frames and uh, trying to sell them to us. And uh, got, uh, got a nice little one right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys are listening on the podcast, it's a picture of us just sitting at the table, partaking in an adult beverage. They actually zoomed in on me on one of them. And I'm just hanging out by myself. Hey, it's hanging out at the table. And he zoomed in like, I'm going to buy a framed picture of myself sitting there having a drink and like my wife was like hysterically laughing she's like what and now she's like i almost want to buy this one because it's so ridiculous <laughs> um but i'm a sucker for stuff like that so i of course bought one it was a way overpriced picture but it was 20 bucks and it was a picture inside of a probably dollar shop frame from dollar tree probably but you know that's... i like i like drew shipley's question there yeah that's a good question can, can you address that kyle what do you think about that well, you know, when I played, I remember getting Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week uh, multiple times. And, you know, sometimes I wondered why, because it was like all I did was a bunch of kickoffs and extra points and a couple field goals. But, you know, look, it was a big kick uh, in a lackluster uh, game. And maybe that was <laughs> the sexiest thing that happened all week in the Big Ten, special teams-wise. So I think it was, actually. Yeah, yeah, he missed one. But, guys, you got to remember, like, uh, <laughs> 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 you got to remember, like, uh, I think I got special teams player of the week when we ended up beating Purdue in 04. I think I missed three field goals, but I made three field goals. It was, like, one of my first starting Big Ten games. And, you know, like, that, you got to remember, all that stuff is um, – some of it's political, uh, but – uh, I think Drew definitely deserved it. I'm not a big celebration guy. I like Nate Kading's celebrations. Uh, you know, I'm not a big, like, you know, doing all this stuff and whatever no. they did. And, you know, hey, you got a job to do. Go out there and do it and get back on the sidelines. But I do remember um, really enjoying watching Kading's 
celebrations because he would just go crazy, you know, like he would just go absolutely nuts. Um, uh, I remember him hitting a Kaden hitting a 55 yarder against Penn State. I think it was at Penn State, and um, you know he it was before halftime, and the guy like he sprinted towards the goalpost, like making all these gun, you know, like, and then he jumped up and slapped the. I mean, it's just you know it's Kaden. No one will be able to replicate that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, to go back to Drew Shipley, will he be playing on Sundays? Who knows, man. I mean, the NFL is is uh, getting to. There you go. Yeah. Um, he had a leg for 60 plus. I don't know about that. 60 plus into the wind. Was it into the wind? To be no, fair? I think it was with the wind actually. Cause uh, yeah. Drew Stevens actually made that comment uh, about him telling the coaching staff, which direction we wanted to end the yeah, game. I mean, the honestly, a division oh, one did have the leg. Yeah. Drew's I right. He, I mean, he, he sure. could have won 60 plus. I think he, I think he, I think he could have made uh that could have probably bounced off the crossbar from 60, but based off of, you know, me watching hours and hours of film. Um, but will he kick on Sundays? Who knows, man? You never know. I thought yeah. I was going to kick on Sundays and here I am. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's the crazy part about being a kicker. It is just timing when you come out and what, what opportunities are the available. Only, the only kicker to get a job, I think my graduating year in 06 was uh, Mason Crosby. Okay. And I think that's because that was the only open position at the time. And, you know, you can't just show up and start out kicking a kicker that's doing well. You know, there has to be an open slot. So, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But uh, um, who knows? I hope he is, man. Go Hawks, you know, bomb squad. I actually uh, liked one of his. Uh, there was a post on, I can't remember what it was on social media. It was on Facebook. And, you know, I said, Hey, good job, Drew bomb squad, uh, sincerely bomb squad 2002 to 2006. If he sees that he'll know what I'm talking about. Nice. All right. Well guys, we, um, you you know, we're closing closing the page, turning the page on this one. And, um, you know, it was definitely, you get a win. You're excited about that. And a lot of good memories. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Wrigley did not disappoint a uh, lot of good bars down there. Um, uh, they, I'm sure some of the employees there won't forget me. Um, was able, <laughs> was able to, um, had, had a good time. I'd taken about, I would say about three weeks off from uh, partaking in adult beverages. And uh, I made up for lost time. Let's just say that I, uh, we uh, smoke, you know, I, I may or may not, you know, have uh, smuggled some Tito's into the stadium and uh, was, uh, partaking partaking in those and and uh there's rumor that i may have went around to uh, multiple cubs employees and ask him if they feel lesser about themselves that they don't work for the white Sox. <laughs> and um yeah i i walked up to a whole group of employees at the information booth and i was like hey guys can i ask you guys a question and they they all looked at me like um sure yeah that's what we're here for like you guys ever wake up in the morning and just wish you were going to work for the white Sox and not this dumpster fire of a of a organization and they all just looked at each other like uh what <laughs> and, um and i i'm we're walking out of the bathroom from peeing and there's this really awesome guy uh hanging out he's like what's up guys you know thanking us for being there thanks hawkeye fans for showing up these hawkeye fans are the best i'm like i was like yeah i wish we were playing on the south side at a real baseball stadium this place is a dump and he goes (laughs) oh (laughs) i I said go socks and he was like oh man what no way (laughs) oh 
He was nicest guy in the stadium, and Adams dogging on him. I was giving him <laughs> crap. I was just like, yeah. "Yeah, I um, I definitely enjoyed my Saturday night. We'll say that's for sure. I had a great time, and I would say honestly, like you know, that was one of those trips. Where we're just sitting in the stadium, and I'm just like, okay." This is special. Like, this is really cool. We were, I was freezing my ass off and it was really pretty damn cold. We were in an area where there was the overhang. So we didn't get any sun at yeah. all. And the wind and, was blowing in our faces. Yeah. And I was like, I, I wanted to give my wife and Matt an out. And I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> like, if this sucks and this is too cold, we can watch the second half at the bar. And they both looked at me like I was high. And they were like, no we want to stay here. We came all this way. We want to stay here and finish the game. And they were both the better fans than I was that day. And so I was like, all right, we're going to stay. And then after the game, I was like, thanks for um, making me grow a pair and sit through the rest of the game because I was glad I did. And obviously with the way the game ended, I would have probably been kicking myself for walking out. So sometimes you need the people around you to lift you up when you're not being the fan you're supposed to be. You need your fans to your friends to rally around you and raise your level. And my level needed raised. I was being a wiener and uh, I, uh, you know, and I decided at that point it was time for uh, Tito and I to set sail and um, he was going to need to keep me warm the rest of the game. And he did that. So and then it took took you guys about what an hour, hour and a half to get to my house. Yeah, traffic was horrendous. Traffic was ridiculous. Yeah, I you know Chicago's cool, but I would never want to live there. There's no way I could do that every day. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that is insane. Is that traffic? You know, when well, you commute to work, is it anything like that by your house? No. So well, so hear me out. So if you if you say you're going to live in Chicago, you you got to live and work in Chicago. Like there's no commuting out of it. So. Where I live is not like anywhere near considered Chicago. It's just when I'm, you know, explaining to people, like when I met my wife for the first time, she's like, oh yeah, I'm from Chicago. And she's not, she's not from Chicago. She's from like 30, 30 miles south of the city of Chicago and Crete Moni, you know, like, and she went to Marian Catholic and all that stuff. But living here for the past 17 years now, I've learned that, you know, there's a big discrepancy. So to, to answer your, you know, I understand your frustration, but you were also traveling from the heart of the city all yeah. the way out to where I live. Like that's not normal. So don't think that that's, uh, that happens on a daily basis. Now, How many miles is that? Uh, I wouldn't be able to uh, approximately 20 to 30 from yeah. where you were. Um, but again, when my wife and I, when we lived in the city, and I'm sure there's plenty of people on the podcast that, that may or may not have, you know, lived in the city at some point city of chicago but for the people listening like it's you know like it's actually not that bad once you actually live inside and i guys remember i told you i took the train when we lived in the city i took the train so like i didn't really have to worry about traffic and stuff um but you also make that decision and you roger up to it and you automatically know it's going to take me two hours to get anywhere <laughs> yeah it's a lifestyle it's it yeah, it sucks, but if you choose to live in the city, like anywhere you go, it's going to be difficult. Well, the, I'm the gonna luck- tell you, if I was going to live in Chicago, in the city, anywhere, I would want to live where you live because that was like living in the friggin' forest at your house. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got uh, a pretty good setup there, and it doesn't feel like the city at all. No, man. no, no. That's a good setup. Beautiful home. We that was one of the highlights of the trip, though, was just being able to sit outside and. 
um, have a fire, have some drinks, reminisce, catch up. So, um, but the, you know, the great part too about all that is with all the traveling and driving that we did, we were fueled by oh, yeah candles by candy. She uh, she took care of all of our gas for the trip, and her new upcoming candle we posted on social media. Oh, yeah. Is forklift exhaust. Now, if you've ever been working in a factory and just taking a big huff and and you get that scent just traveling through, swirling through your nostrils. Oh, yeah. And really just making you feel like you are part of that factory. Try forklift exhaust. The candle. It it's one of those orders where like it at first it stings, but then you just can't get enough of it. No, and I I don't know how oh, how yeah I don't know how she comes up with these things. Like she actually takes candle jars and has the the forklift exhaust shoot into the candle jar and captures it. I'm not exactly sure how she does, but we it is an offensive odor. And um, we play I I burned it in my house today, and my wife thought that I had opened the garage door and backed our car up into it and was revving the engine. She was like what the heck is that smell? And I was like, that is the smell of money. Oh, because, yeah. Because money. we did not have to pay for gas this weekend because we were sponsored by Candles by Candy. So <laughs> you think she'd you. make a farmer edition diesel smell? Uh, the, smell I, I think she's really, I mean, she had that, what was it? Failure. Um, Failure. A Brian, a Brian Ferentz experience candle that she made a few weeks ago. So um, ground up offensive plays put into a candle and burned. If you guys have any sort of candles that you'd like candy to make, um, we had one, one of our listeners reach out and we play and when we posted what the, um, the candle was for the week, he said he legitimately spit coffee out of his mouth across his kitchen. And um yeah. That made that made us happy. Oh yeah. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. All right, some little candles by candy for you. Fills your home with the most exotic seasonal scents that money can buy. If you would like some of Candy's sense in your home, reach out to us by social media and we will see what we can do. Um, Matt wants to know if any of us are going to be at the uh, Kinnick for the game on Saturday. I will not. I am staying home and sitting my happy ass on the couch and watching the game and having adult beverages. I, um, I'm, I'm guessing Matt's doing the same. Kyle, what are your plans for the game against Rutgers this weekend? I'll be doing the same, man. Uh, it's, you know, it's, this is the time of year where it's starting to get really, really beautiful. Got a few more days left or a few more, couple more weeks left of uh, beautiful fall. And uh, I might put the game on a projector outside. I've got this big 15 foot screen, cool. blow up screen and a projector. Very nice. And uh, there's a few Hawkeye fans in the, uh, in the neighborhood that I might put a fire on for and um, also indulge in some adult beverages and stay put, man. Well, that, that, that sounds lovely. That does sound lovely. That, but the question that all the fans, including Matt and myself, must know is after we came to your house for the weekend, is Holly going to ever allow us back? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. She's got a good read. You know, like she she knows how to filter them out. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, trust me, I've yeah. across a lot of a lot of people in my life. And, uh, you know, 
Um, plus I've been married to her now for so long that I know, like, I can just tell, you know, I've got, we've got this, this, this sense between us where I can tell and she definitely, um, understands your vibe and, and, and digs it. And, um, she knows it's important to me, you know, like, Hey, I mean, I, again, I told you guys, she doesn't even hesitate when I tell her, Hey, I've got a podcast tonight. She's like, Roger that I'll take care of the kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Hey, these guys are coming to the town. You know, the first thing she said was, what are you grilling for them? What are you making? You know, what are you doing? Uh, have a plan, you know, don't be a shit bag, all that stuff, you know, <laughs> that's what she's, that's, that's, she keeps me together, man. She keeps me thinking on my toes. If I didn't have her, you guys know, uh, if I didn't have her, I'd be, um, I'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, the one thing I can say is at least I didn't poop in your toilets, but I can't say the same thing for the toilets at Wrigley because <laughs> those got lit up. Not good. So <laughs> it was, uh, man, I'm telling you, they probably don't want to invite me back after my experience there. And trust me, I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of bad things going on in the Wrigley bathrooms. It was not pretty. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Jeez. Um, Matt says we need to have her burnt hair covered in Indian food. That is creative. Wow. That is that is that is awesome. And then uh, Matt also says he's taking their kids to their first game. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Good. That, I hope your first game with your kids was better than mine. My kids' first game was North Dakota State, and uh, we lost that one. And I picked that game specifically because I'm like, we'll win this one, no problem. We'll be good. But we decided to run the ball up the middle about 97% of the time, and it didn't work. But, yet we kept doing it. And, uh, yeah, my uh, I remember my kids very young at the time, grab me and look at me and say, dad, I thought we were going to beat these guys. And I said, welcome to being an Iowa fan because uh, this, <laughs> th this, this can happen from time to time. It can. Um, yeah. Uh, Lucas says, make sure they don't run on the field. I don't know. Am I slow on that one again? I'm not sure what he's referring to. I think he's saying if Rutgers wins. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a little worried about this one guys. So Rutgers has not really looked like a pushover. And no, uh, definitely um, I don't remember right now, Matt. What did you remember? What Rutgers' record is right now? I know. I think they're about below. They're one right? below us. They're six and three. Yeah, we're seven and two. They're doing a lot better than a hell of a lot better than we all thought. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but Shiano's a good coach, and he, you know, he makes his team tough. And um, you know, we're going to go out, and it's it's not going to be easy. I feel a lot better that we have this one at home, but. Again, we have those games, it seems like, when we have seasons like this where we go out and um, just don't show up a, yeah. a few times. And we did that against Minnesota, and hopefully that won't be the case against Rutgers. Lucas says uh, – uh, and, and, you know, Lucas uh, heads up our meme team, if you guys don't know that. A lot of our hilarious uh, – well, I don't even know what you call those, those little musical gifts – that were popping up on our social media over, <laughs> over the weekend. Those were great. Those were Lucas, man. Those are hilarious. So my, my mom calls me and she goes, you are so talented. Like, how do you make those, um, those little animations on your social media? And I just like, um, I actually have no idea. It, it was, I didn't even have anything to do with it. I didn't, that was all Lucas a hundred percent. So that's why whenever, you know, we get to spend a little bit of time with Lucas, we want to give him, a, we give him a little bit of free gear. Um, we'll have a, a free shirt for him too. Once this shirt order comes out. And um, so, but he says, yeah, uh, Kyle, did you flex your bull ring or big 10 championship ring to score your wife? Cause I'm going to be honest when we met her, she's pretty freaking cool. So um, yeah. 
I, I, you had well, to have done something. Well, Lucas, uh, your 15 minutes of fame here. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you indulge here. But, uh, um, that ring in 2004 came after I had already schmoozed her in 2003. We, that's when we met. And, um, you could say that I actually won her because she was 2005 homecoming queen at Iowa. But that's not only, you know, she's obviously as uh, I make the joke, she's uh, I'd be deader in jail if, if it wasn't for her. So no. uh, I My definitely friend. I definitely won her <laughs> by not <laughs> by and nothing fancy at all. <laughs> My uh, my wife said she goes. Kyle doesn't ever give himself any credit. He, she's like he always acts like he does. You know, she's like after she made, she's like he acts like he doesn't deserve his wife. She's like he's a pretty great guy too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'm gonna tell him you said that. So yeah, well, I, of course, you know, I, I I guess I'm just very humbled by life and you know the circumstances that have brought me to where I am now. And you know, I'm to just be that way. Very, I'm just very appreciative and grateful for the events that have occurred in my life and where I am now. And you know we can all have these conversations, whether it's over beer or Tito's or whatever it is about, you know, if I think we actually talked about this, like had we done something different in our life prior to like, where would we be? Um, you know, had I gone to Iowa state, oof, could you imagine that one? Had I gone to Florida state, I had an offer from Florida state, you know, like it's just, a, you know, it's, it's interesting to think back on the last 20 years, 24 years of my life. And, think about all the events that have occurred and that have led me to here I am now. So anyway. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, we mentioned the gear, just a huge thank you to all you guys who ordered shirts and hats. Um, we had a really good order. So those are, should be, um, I know they're making them right now and they should be getting shipped out. I'm guessing late this week, early next. So um, you should be seeing those arrive in the mail within the next week. So, um, but that was really cool of you guys. He, um, you guys always start off real slow. And we get a little bit nervous and we're like, oh man, we don't have any orders coming in. And they cranked them up. I think that we, it was like 36 uh, t-shirts and hoodies that ended up uh, being sold. So it's pretty, pretty good guys. You came, you came through on that. Came so through. yeah. And I think it's a cool design, man. That's the going to be the kind of the look that we're going for long-term and um, we'll be uh, next year coming out with something a little bit different, but this time I want to get a little bit more of, I want Kyle and Matt, this next shirt. I don't want anything to do with it. I want you two to collaborate, have a phone call, and then you guys decide what you want the shirt to look like. And then I'm going to give you the email address to our designers and I'm just going to see what it is and we're going to put it out. And that's what the next one's going to be. I think it's your guys' time Probably to shine. Bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? What do you think about that? I think that, uh, I think, well, first of all, we were both born in the same year and the same month, only five days apart. So there's got to be some sort of connection there. Um, So, you know, based off of that, we're probably going to come up with something. All right. Some beer logo on there or something, Kyle. Whatever, man. It's either way, it's going to sell like hotcakes, man. I'm sure there'll be some, you know, some sort of um, alcohol, alcoholic inspiration um, involved with this. Maybe a little bit of candles by candy involved, a candle burning in the background, you know, a big majestic hawk flying across it with the Kaaba era corn in its in its talons. Like it's, it might end up being the greatest T-shirt. I think on the back, I'll put seven percent or bust. 
Seven <laughs> percent. What about um? Sometimes you just gotta punch him and kick him in the balls at the same time. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I think that's almost like. Uh, I'm I'm gonna talk to our guy that does our intro video and have him say sometimes you have to get punched in the face and the balls at the same time. Yep, by know? life. Yep, yep, by life. That sometimes is, uh, life, sometimes you need to get punched in the face and the balls at the same time by life, and then you'll figure shit out. Hey Kyle, uh, Drew wants to know the a- the Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial semifinal. Who you got in that one? Ankeny all the way. Uh, I don't know Centennial. I know a lot of my coaches went to Centennial. I don't know anything about them. I think it's really weird. You know, I, I'm I'm becoming that old man where it's like, you know, uh, my hometown is getting so big to where I can't even I don't even recognize it anymore. So, my brother uh, is a high school teacher at Ankeny, and I'm sorry, man, I'm a hawk through and through. It's it's Ankeny until I die. <laughs> oh, um, Lucas says use the Lohi, the Joey Labus meme drawing. I don't know, Matt. Do you want to tell this story? That that Matt was like in tears, crying about this, and Kyle. I don't even know if you. Like Matt was in tears, crying, laughing. I should say. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to say you were crying. He was, he was hysterically laughing so hard he was crying. But um, Matt, do you want to tell like the story of what happened, or do you feel like I need to tell this yeah, one? But, go ahead. You can tell. You can tell it. I'll chime in if I need to. It's I mean, again, Lucas is the, such a smart ass, but it's so damn funny. Um, <laughs> The, the stuff that he does, but we had somebody, which I'm really not even sure who he was for sure. Um, he takes photographs for, I don't know if it's independently or what for the uh, Iowa athletics programs. And he sent a couple really, really nasty messages to us about us stealing his work and posting it and making it into memes. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, you know, we, we don't usually take professional photos. We usually just like, you know, if we do it for a meme, it's just ripped off Google images or something and we, you know, throw it up and then we don't make any money off of it. So it's just like, it's just for laughs, you know? And he was like, you know, you guys completely disrespect the whole sanctity of photography. And, you know, and I remember Levi Hawkeye heaven went through all this where he was apparently plagiarizing a lot of people's work, which is horrible. I get, and um, stealing a lot of people's photos and I guess, you know, allegedly taking credit for them. So again, I'm not going to say he did it cause I don't know for sure what happened, but went off and really wanted to fight. And I was just like, you know, man, I'm sorry. You know, we, we didn't realize we did it, you know, just trying to, you know, defuse the situation. And I was like, we'll, we'll, we'll go through our, our, our page and take down whatever it is, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not going to fight with you, dude. It's just not worth it. And so, uh, Lucas was monitoring the conversation in the background and saw it and <laughs> removes the picture of Joey Labus and puts a drawing, uh, redoes the meme with like a, look like what a five-year-old would have drawn of Joey Labus <laughs> and, uh, and gave, uh, a second grader at, um, a local preschool, uh, the the credit for for the meme so um, <laughs> th- that guy was hot he was not happy with us at not. all and he was trying to fight and it was just like you could tell it really took the wind out of his sails that I wasn't going to partake in the fight with him oh. it was entertaining and the meme that Lucas came out with with the the hand drawing that was money 
Yeah, it was that was hilarious. I mean, he we got to say, you know, everybody hits a real hot streak and things they're passionate about. And um, all right, Lucas, we got to stop talking about you now. You've gotten way too much airtime tonight. Um, <laughs> we're going to get your guys' picks here. Um, Matt, I don't know if you've had any chance to reach out to the research team to see what the over under on this one was. Um, I did a really bad job getting that one lined up. I'm going to be honest. I was watching a little bit of LSU get beat and then I'm a little bit of in and out of sleep right now because again, we're doing a little bit of recovery from the weekend, but were you able to get anything from, from the guys to see where that one is at or is it even out? Yeah. So I was um, favored by two in this one. Okay. Uh, the ESP ESPN, uh, matchup predictor says 62% Iowa, 38% Rutgers. So okay. I don't know what they're seeing on their end. Cause I mean, that's a pretty high percentage of, uh, you know, Rutgers has been playing really well. So I'm not, I'm not sure how they're figuring that. And I don't really see any offensive stats or defensive stats side by side on ESPN on this one. So can't really compare them but <clears throat> yeah I mean I could see us eking it out by a field goal again um, our defense holds them but they did put up 16 on uh, Ohio State last weekend so or two days ago yeah. so I mean their offense apparently can score so we gotta be on our toes there you know I gotta say that I know at the you know th- throughout the probably the first half of the season I said that you know, the way that this team has played has really had really stolen a lot of my passion um, for watching the games and for um, getting fired up and excited and pumped up for every single game. And I just I wasn't enjoying it like I used to. And, you know, it's the way they played again like this last weekend. I just it wasn't enjoyable or fun to watch. But the passion of the fan base, again, like I talked about, when you're not being as good of a fan as you probably should be, then people that are around you that are, you know, better, better than you lift you up. And I feel like that's what that fan base really did to me this this weekend, too. I just was like I was mesmerized and just like I I legitimate goosebumps in that stadium as loud and as fired up as, as that fan base was. And in this game against Rutgers, if we did not have the fan base, the loud fan base that we have I, i'd be picking rutgers to win this game um the way that that offense is but i think that you know w- with the with the iowa fan base the way that they are rocking right now they need to get an award from the football staff at their end of year banquet for being the most valuable player because um you know other other than um um, Cooper DeGene, this uh, this fan base has really just stolen the show this year and lifted this team up on its shoulders. Um, I, you know, you can guarantee there's going to be at least three to four false starts from this fan base getting loud. So I'm going to take Iowa in this one um, in a really low scoring game as usual. We couldn't even score as much as the Cubs did in Wrigley this season. I mean, I think they, they showed a stat and we were still like the ninth highest scoring game in Wrigley this season. And it was were we that game. high. Was it? I thought, yeah, I was surprised. It was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, we couldn't even compete with the baseball score. So, um, I don't know, Matt. What are you thinking in this one? Are you taking the Hawks? Or are you taking the, <clears throat> the Rutgers Scarlet Knights? No, I'm going to take the Hawks uh, by a field goal on this one. I think they're going to cover the spread um, by three points instead of the two, just to cover it. And uh, defense hangs on. 
Uh, special team does what it needs to. Torrey didn't have the greatest game of his career against Northwestern on that turf. Um, I think he comes out playing a lot better and, you know, with the help of that special teams, you know, against Rutgers and then offense does just barely enough to eke us by and the defense holds them to hopefully nothing. Yeah. Um, Before I move on to Kyle, Erica asks, um, did she notice Bob Stoops was at the game Saturday? I wonder if there's a reason for that. I think it's just, he likes to, he's, you know, friends with Kirk likes to stay connected and go to the games. It doesn't sound like that from Kirk's press conferences that he's going anywhere anytime soon. So I think we're just going to see a change in offensive coordinator next year. And sounds like we have um, about at least another three to four years of Kirk at the helm as head coach. So Kyle, you got your wish, man, your guy's sticking around for a while. So not going anywhere. Um, where do you see this one going this weekend, Kyle? We got it's going to be a tough one against Rutgers. They're they're no slouch. They're not the Rutgers of old. They're they're playing well. Well, special teams is hot right now. Drew's feeling great. I can you know I I never had personally had a, a, a true game winner like he did, um, but I know the feeling of you know coming off of, yeah. of a high like that. Um, so you know I challenge I. I Here's what I think. I think that the, the offense is going to be as normal and it's going to be a low scoring game. But I think that uh, uh, I was going to win it on a series of field goals. And I have a feeling that uh, this one's going to be uh, Drew's either going to tie or break my record five for five. So we'll see. Okay. Let's go, Drew. I like it. Speaking of Drew, Drew Shipley is predicting 13 to three Hawks. I mean, I like Drew. I think Drew Shipley's got a lot of good comments and I think he's a pretty smart guy. I think 13 to three sounds very doable. I think that's something that absolutely. we could absolutely see, but um, you know, this brings another end to one of our, um, one of our podcast guys. And just wanted to say that it was a great time getting to see everybody this weekend. Wrigleyville was an absolute blast. Um, Fun to see all the Hawkeye fans down there. And what do you um, think the percentage was in that stadium? Hawkeye fans to Northwestern fans. There was more Northwestern fans than I thought. Like I honestly thought it was going to be ninety-five percent Hawkeye fans. Right. I would say it was more like eighty percent Hawkeye fans there. Like, what would you say? I was thinking maybe seventy thirty. Seventy. There was there was a lot of purple in that in that stand. Um, I felt like a lot more than I thought. We were still Hawkeye fans were still way louder than they were, but I think there was quite a few. Yeah, yeah, there was a um, plenty of purple in the stands, and the, the, those are the ugliest colors I've ever seen in my life. Like I, ugh, I. I just can't, you know, if I'm a, if I'm Northwestern, I'm like, okay, our main color is going to be black and, and then we're going to, Oh, geez, that was like a lion and our main color is black. And then we're going to add a little bit of purple and, uh, you know, as a secondary color, but like, it is, I hate it. It is rough, but I, you know, I, that, that it's, it, it's got a backfire on them though. Anytime Northwestern tries to do anything like that, you know, it, it, you try to do that against Iowa. It's like, it's we're going to destroy you. Like all, our fan base is so much better than yours. Like I, and we talked about like how disappointing, like this was the only reason why I would come back for a Northwestern Iowa game. Cause I said, I wasn't ever going to do it again because there's no Northwestern bars. There's nothing fun yeah. to do. They have no fan base that does anything. The stadium's a dump. 
The fan base is nearly non-existent. There's no fun college Northwestern bars to go to at all. I mean, you might as well not even exist in the conference as far as I'm concerned, but you you're in Chicago. So they include you because they want that Chicago market. Here's the deal. Like the Chicago market doesn't give a crap about Northwestern. So I'm not really sure why we're even wasting our time with them in the conference, but I, I think that they need to just Northwestern needs to be like, you know, I, the Ivy league could extend and pull in like a Northwestern and have a school like that. And they would fit into the Ivy league better than they would in the big 10. It's like the, it's like, and then bring in Vanderbilt from the sec. Cause you know, they're both highly academically prestigious schools and they're usually garbage at sports. Vanderbilt's really good at baseball, but other than that, they're all, and I'm sure that Northwestern's good at some boring sport that we don't really care about. So um, probably, you know, like men's, air hockey or something men's air hockey yeah i mean <laughs> something like that i you know i ping pong I, yeah i could i could see them being at something real nerdy and boring like it's just uh erica says that she lives in the burbs and no one talks about northwestern football nobody who the hell would like you know and and that's again like all that stuff that was going on at northwestern was horrendous and like nobody really talked about it because nobody cares about northwestern it's just like I don't know. Um, let's see here. Uh, the DDB said he heard that Stoops has an Iowa recruit grandson or something like that. I mean, that would make a lot of sense on why he was there. You know, all, all of the real sexy rumors that we thought maybe like, you know, Kirk's going to retire and this is going to happen. He's not going anywhere. And I would be shocked if we got an offensive coordinator that was actually going to open things up and do something um, a little bit more exciting because – it's not what Kirk wants to do. Complimentary football apparently means marching out the worst offense in the history of college football. But hey, we're uh, we're going to take the victory, and we're excited to have it. So, Kyle, we appreciate hanging out with you, buddy. That was a lot of fun. We're glad that you could come down and have some drinks. We we had a good time, man. And hopefully, within a year, couple year or two, we'll get to we'll get to do it again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds good. He's like, hell no, that was a horrible idea. We're never doing that ever again. <laughs> No. All right, boys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.